There are seven penitential psalms, 632, 38, 51, 102, 130, and 143. And so there are seven of those, and we're going to look at another one, Psalm 130. And here we go. Hezekiah, I believe, is the author of this one. Out of the depths have I cried. If you're tuning in online, we are in Psalm 130. Can't tune in online because I haven't pressed the button yet. If you're tuning in online, we are Psalm 130, verse 1. Out of the depths have I cried unto thee, O Lord. Lord, hear my voice. Let thine ears be attentive to the voice of my supplications. Psalm 130, verse 3. If thou, Lord, shouldest mark iniquities, O Lord, who shall stand? But there is forgiveness with thee. Isn't that a wonderful statement? But there is forgiveness with thee that thou mayest be feared. I wait for the Lord. My soul doth wait, and his word, in his word do I hope. Psalm 130, verse 6. My soul waiteth for the Lord more than they that watch for the morning. I say, more than they that watch for the morning. Let Israel hope in the Lord, for with the Lord there is mercy, and with him is plenteous redemption, and he shall redeem Israel from all his iniquities. Isn't that pronoun interesting there on the end, which we'll talk about Lord, the next time, likely? His iniquities, because often I think Israel is referred to as a her iniquities, but uh, his iniquities. Let us pray. Lord, we thank you for your blessings upon us. We thank you for this wonderful psalm. May I do nothing to distract, detract from the message of this. May we find ourselves pouring out our heart before you, literally sometimes, in the tears and anguish that you would, Lord, just work in our country, etc. So I ask this in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So this is King Hezekiah pouring out his heart to God. I was talking with Stephanie at supper time, how that this, it says, out of the depths I have cried. And I think often crying involves some kind of audible sound often. Now, God hears, and we were talking about that, probably hears our tears that are also silent. Uh, we understand that. But crying, typically, I picture crying as uh, sometimes very, very loud. And so I have cried unto thee, O Lord, Lord, hear my voice. Now, most of my praying is, is silent. But Lord, I think, would love to hear us at times pray out loud. Uh, and so that's, that's the idea. He's praying out loud. He's, he's a true mediator. Now, we know what mediators are. They are people who uh, go between two opposing parties, etc. The late Ken Bates was a mediator between Coca-Cola and the unions up there in, in Michigan, etc. And so he would often be the one in the middle trying to bring together. And he, uh, it's interesting, his story about Jimmy Hoffa when he was sitting across the table from the late Jimmy Hoffa, uh, wherever he is, uh, his body anyway. But that, it was an interesting story. Uh, but he's, if you want to hold your place there, in Daniel chapter 9, I, I see a similar, similar motif when Hezekiah is lumping himself in, I believe, with the people, if you would, and notice what his what he's crying over is sin. He's not crying over necessarily his bad predicament, not necessarily crying over some bad situation, which may be bad. He's crying over, I believe, the sin of his people. That's why it's a repentant or penitential psalm. David, look what or me, Daniel, Daniel chapter nine, Daniel nine four. 
of all men in the Bible, I think of Daniel and Joseph about the, they very, if anything, negative said about Daniel and Joseph. Look what he says. Daniel 9, 3, and I set my face unto the Lord God to seek by prayer and by suppl- and supplications with fasting and sackcloth and ashes. And I prayed unto the Lord my God and made my confession and said, O Lord, the great and dreadful God, keeping the covenant and mercy to them that love him and to them that keep his commandments, we have sinned and have committed iniquity and have done wickedly and have rebelled even by departing from the precepts and from thy judgments. Neither have we hearkened unto the servants, the prophets, which spake in thy name to our kings and our princes and our fathers and to all people of the land, etc. We, it says to us, we, if there's anyone in all of the kingdom of Babylon or whoever, I think it was Babylon, Assyria or Babylon, whatever kingdom it was right there, that had a right to say, you know what, I've not been doing that. It was Daniel. Daniel was a righteous man. But yet, he says, our sins, our iniquities, and he lumps himself in there. We need people in our own country who are prayer warriors for our own land. I think the reason God hasn't, I was thinking this this afternoon as I think about this, why possibly God hasn't brought more judgment is because we have people praying. Perhaps because we have sent missionaries out across the world that God's been even as gracious as he still is. Perhaps because we are still sending out the gospel. Maybe that's why he hasn't completely demolished. You know, we could be Ukraine. We could be, there could be company. I mean, as easily God could have raised up China and Russia to work together and come over here. Or whoever you want to say. Uh, we are not, Alaska is not what, just a, is it less than a hundred miles between Alaska and Russia on up there in that one spot? I think so. It's not impossible. So we think, and God is bringing, I believe, judgment upon our country. But it could be a whole lot worse. We need people who are prayer warriors. That is such a thing of that's just not popular. Well, you know, sometimes because it's not popular doesn't mean it shouldn't be done. And so we need people who are our prayer warriors. And so that's, I think, when a country has prayer warriors, we don't understand and realize how important they are. Hezekiah, as the king, I'm going to pray for our people. So there's personal experience. The psalmist is depressed. I borrowed the basic outline from John Phillips, the late John Phillips. He doesn't care now because he's up in glory. And there is, first of all, his outline on this is excellent, I think. A desperate condition in 30, 30, uh, 130 verse 1. Out of the depths have I cried unto thee, O Lord. It's a plea. But you notice he never ceased to pray. It wasn't like he got in such a bad place that, you know, I just don't, I'm, I'm just going to quit praying. God's just not been good to me. And I just, you know, I don't see what, what's God done for me lately. And I just can't see it. And I've had so many troubles. And God's... Watching over us. And, and, and to think that, we, that no one else has troubles. If you, there are, everybody has troubles. And you want to know a lot of troubles, go into the, to, to the hospitals and facilities. A lady just told me, I just heard this evening, on the, she was on the fourth floor of St. Mary's Hospital over there in Huntington. She said on the fourth floor alone, there were 15 people with type A flu in the fourth floor alone. So she said, there, there are people who are struggling all across our land. If you, if you think you've got it difficult, think about the Ukrainian people who they're trying to, Russia's trying to, to, to end their electrical ability to get electricity to heat their homes in the winter. You think our winter, this, Robert, there's nothing compared to winters in Ukraine and Russia. Napoleon found that out when he was attacking Russia and he had to flee past his men to escape the Russian forces when winter time came. 
So this psalmist, I believe it's Hezekiah, others may disagree, but it just seems to really fit the, the songs of degrees, four by David, one by Solomon, and, and ten by Hezekiah, because there were ten degrees on the sundial, and he says, we'll read it in just a few moments, that he actually wrote songs, etc. The more distressed we are, someone has said, the more excellent is the faith which trusts bravely in the Lord and therefore appeals to him and to him alone by the depths or deep is the deep places uh, the depths of affliction. I just ordered just uh, Monday uh, an excellent commentary uh, on Job. My wife sent me back that, emo- that picture of, she was biting her nails. <laughs> the picture was, <laughs> I- I'm worried about this because you understand when the pastor preaches on something like that, you can just well be sure, just well be sure, he's gonna, the Lord often will pretty much make you go through a little bit here and there. If you're going to speak about that, well, we're going to see how well you're going to do first. And so maybe somewhere down the road it will be, uh, but th- this depths is the, the afflictions, the troubles, and specifically he's troubled over the sin of the people. Did Israel need that? Remember, this is about 722, 730 to 720 BC. It is 722 when uh, Shalmaneser V, who dies besieging Samaria, Sargon II takes over and Israel goes into captivity. Why? They were disobedient to God. They were obeying, they were worshiping idols. You think that Judah would learn from that? You'd think they would, but no, they didn't. And then later on, they are falling into captivity as well. It's because they refused to worship Jehovah and started worshiping false gods. Do you remember what king brought in false gods more than probably anyone else? And yet he was the wisest man possibly to ever live, Solomon. 700 wives, 300 concubines, and a whole lot of false gods. And he probably opened the way. And remember, it was just his son, Rehoboam, who for a very short time was ruler over all 12 tribes. After that, it was... Jeroboam got 10, Rehoboam fled for his life and had two, and the kingdom was split, 930 B.C. 930 B.C., the kingdom divides. 200 years later, approximately, the northern kingdom goes into captivity. 586, finally, the southern kingdom goes into captivity. So there there is no affliction, neither any place so low, yea, even if you're in the whale's belly, that can separate you from the love of God or stay the prayers from coming before him. Those that are farthest, I love this, those that are farthest cast down are not farthest from God, but are nearest unto him. Those that are in trouble, think how many songs have come from the lowest of the discouraging times, but God was faithful. It is well with my soul after losing four daughters. He wrote that song when he was going over the place where his daughters had died. It was, it was uh, day by day. The lady that wrote that here had watched her father go over the side of the boat and drowned. And she gets back and she wrote those day by day with each passing moment. Strength I find. So many songs are born out of tragedy or the deep places or the depths, if you would. And therefore we are troubled by heavy sickness or poverty or oppressed by tyranny of men. Let us make profit and use thereof, considering that God hath cast his best children, says Archibald Simpson, cast his best children into such dangers for their profit, and that it is better to be in deep dangers praying than on a high mountain of vanity playing. 
deep danger praying rather than being on top of the mountain playing. God does not want you necessarily healthy or wealthy. Or God wants you holy. That's what he wants from us. He wants us to be like him. And I was talking to my wife again at supper tonight. And sometimes God brings things into our lives to get us to turn around. And I think Christians respond to it. This is my own personal thinking. You can respond two ways. You've gotten out of step with God. You can either confess and get right get back with God and ask him to use you again, or you can harden your heart and harden your heart. And I think God then can sometimes put a Christian on the shelf. Okay, you're not going to, okay, I'm going to put you right here till you're ready to be used. And Christians, I believe, can harden their heart to that extent. I trust that's not where you are. I don't believe, I trust it's not. I trust you all are, we all are wanting, we're on the same page. We all want to be used. The psalmist in your outline was in the depths of despair, like Jonah in the belly of the whale, he had touched bottom. Billows of despair surged over his soul like the billows of the sea. If the psalmist was Hezekiah, as seems likely, we do not have to look very far for a source of sorrows. With that being said, please turn with me now to Isaiah 38. Isaiah 38, verse 9. I want to read this just to acquaint ourselves with this king, Hezekiah and the trouble he was in. Now remember, we've had a question last week. What's the two main troubles were his illness and Sennacherib. Those were two main troubles uh, during his life that we know about. But there also were some other things you may not be aware of. And look at this in Isaiah chapter 39, uh, 38, verse 9. 38, 9, the writing of Hezekiah, king of Judah, when he had been sick and was recovered from his sickness. I said in the cutting off of my days, I shall go to the gates of the grave. I am deprived of the residue of my years. You see the, the, deep, the depths he's in. I said, I shall not see the Lord, even the Lord, and the land of the living. I shall behold man no more with the inhabitants of the world. Remember, he was told to set his house in order because he's going to die. Remember that? And he turns his face to the wall and cries out to God. God grants him then uh, an extended 15 years. And he proves that by the sundial going back 10 degrees. Verse, I, shall, I shall not see the Lord, even the Lord in the land of the living. Verse 11, I shall behold man no more with inhabitants of the world. Mine age is departed and is removed from me as a shepherd's tent. I have cut off like a weaver of life. He will cut me off with pining sickness. From day even to night wilt thou make an end of me. I reckon till morning that as a lion, so will he break all my bones. From day even to night wilt thou make an end of me. Like a crane or a swallow, so did I chatter. I did mourn as a dove. Mine eyes fail with looking upward. O Lord, I am oppressed. Undertake for me. What shall I say? He hath both spoken unto me and himself hath done it. I shall go softly all my years in the bitterness of my soul. O Lord, by these things men live, and in all these things is the life of my spirit. So wilt thou recover me and make me to live. Behold, for peace I have great bitterness, but thou hast in love to my soul delivered it from the pit of corruption, for thou hast cast all my sins behind thy back. Woohoo! For the grave cannot praise thee, death cannot celebrate thee. They that go down into the pit cannot hope for thy truth. The living, the living shall praise thee as I do this day. The father to the children shall make known thy truth. Here we go. The Lord was ready to save me. Therefore, we will sing my songs to the stringed instruments all the days of our life in the house of the Lord. 
Now that is a very poetic way. Lord's brought me out from the bottoms. From the bottom, he's, he's rescued me. Now there are three things, and I just jot down the three B words for you that he suffered. First of all was barrenness. Now you need to get your Bible still out and look at 2 Kings chapter 21. 2 Kings 21, because I don't want to... Where did pastor get that from? And that's, that's exactly what you should ask. And so I'm going to answer that before we get there. There's barrenness. He does not have... At this time when he gets sick, a heir. He doesn't have an heir. He is in the line, the Davidic line. So he has no male heir to carry on his name and carry on the line. So there is barrenness, whether it's he or his wife. And so he has this, it's one of the things he's fighting. And so we find, but we find then that God does deliver. How do we know he did not have a child yet? Because in 21 of 2 Kings Verse 1, Manasseh was 12 years old when he began to reign. And he reigned 50 and 5 years in Jerusalem. Now, how long did Hezekiah live? 15 years. How old is Manasseh when he takes Hezekiah's place? 12. So for three years after his healing, he is still waiting for God to give an heir. So there was, there was barrenness. One of the things he was facing was barrenness. Also, the, the second is the battlefield. We know the story about Sennacherib uh, getting around and coming to Jerusalem, ready to romp all over Jerusalem and Israel. He has wiped out everybody else. Where the, Remember, Rabshakeh comes by the upper upper. Field, upper wall, whatever it is, conduit, or the field, conduit of the fuller's field, upper wall, etc., and talks to the people of Jerusalem. Don't listen to Hezekiah. Listen to what we have done. Fear us. And what's the one ambition of Sennacherib to rule the world? That was Nebuchadnezzar. There is a man, I believe, in China who would like to do that. Just recently, was it last week when they celebrated their big five-year Chinese celebration, he was voted again for another five-year term. I'm thinking of Xi Jinping. Xi Jinping. And did you know that during the celebration, you know how usually, I believe, they quietly, if, you're, if you go against them, they take you out quietly. In the celebration just last week, his, one of the guys that was one of his main competitors, they came with the police while being filmed and escorted that man out. While instead of being doing it under wraps, they took him out during what everybody was watching. The audacity, but he, he is so powerful. He's like an emperor now. And so he's so powerful. He's gained such a strong hold. He can do that. He wants to rule the world, no doubt. Wants to rule China. So we find that he is suffering from the battlefields uh, all around him. There's the, his foreign policy has been uncertain. He's tried to appease the attackers. If you remember, you may not remember, but in 2 Kings chapter 18, if you are still in 2 Kings chapter 18, verse 16, 15 and 16, this is the first invasion. And Hezekiah gave him, 2 Kings 18, 15, all of the silver that was found in the house of the Lord and in the treasures of the king's house. At that time did Hezekiah cut off the gold from the doors of the temple of the Lord and from the pillars which Hezekiah, king of Judah, had overlaid and gave it to the king of Assyria. If you were trying to save your people, you would maybe put yourself under tribute. How much do you want me to pay? For you not to run over me and take me captive, well, oh, it's going to be 30 talents of gold. 
and 300 talents of silver every year. That's what you're going, that's the tribute you're going to pay, or I'm coming. And it's, you'll see later, even in text, Hezekiah rebels against Assyria. And that was a, it may not come that year, it may not come the next year, but I tell you, they're going to eventually come around and they're coming for you. And Judah, because they would rebel against the king of Babylon, they would come and get wiped out and carried into captivity. He has had battlefields, he has had barrenness, and behavior is the third one. And by the way, just to let you know what Assyria and armies of that day can't even talk about the hideousness they would do to the people they captured. Absolutely awful things. I mean, when, when Rome, was, Rome took over Jerusalem in 70 AD, I think it's over a million Jews were killed. A lot of them were crucified, etc. And they're just terrible things. So when you talk about... We live in security, really, pretty much security, do we not? We, we, we're, I'm not worried about tonight, someone coming up down Heberlin Road and, and bombing the house, etc., and taking the captivity. We're to be thankful, thankful for that. My goodness, thankful for that. But when he's thinking about what's going to happen to my people if they come in, a couple questions for you. Question number one, it must be the bottom of one, I think. In what year was the northern kingdom taken into captivity 722 BC. 722 BC. Second question, and what to what kingdom did the northern kingdom fall? And that was Assyria, A-S-S-Y-R-I-A. One is 722 BC. Two is Assyria. On page two are the next questions. In what years was the southern kingdom taken into captivity? Does anyone know? From college? Andrew, you've been to college most recently. 586 is the third one. 605-597-586. Can you think of one person who was involved in that, that we know of, is in the Bible? Several people. Daniel, the three Hebrew children. This is the time frame when Daniel's taken into captivity. This is the, the time frame of that, the three Hebrew children, etc. And so that's when they were taken into captivity. 586, Jerusalem falls, Nebuchadnezzar goes in, Nebuchadnezzar was the captain of there and took them under captivity, etc. Question four, what country was it? It was Babylon. Nebuchadnezzar, one of the greatest Gentile kings of ever, of all time. The northern kingdom then worshipped idols and was taken into captivity, but Judah was just as bad. Hezekiah's own father, a weak and wicked king, had brought Judah to an all-time low of idolatry and apostasy, Question five, anybody know who the father of Hezekiah was? Ahaz, right, Ahaz. Ahaz was his father, 18.1 of 2 Kings. Ahaz was Hezekiah's father. Hezekiah's religious reforms, I'm still on page two, great and zealous as they were, had produced only a surface reformation. The nation's heart remained untouched. The worst vices had been curbed, but the law had been enforced. National religion had been revived, but the hearts of the people and the prince alike, princes alike remained untouched. It was politic to conciliate the king and these things, but within a few years after Hezekiah's death, the vile sins returned. It's sort of like you can take a pig and you can brush him up and get him a scrub brush and, and make him look and smell, put some uh, perfume on him and make him smell the best things, but you open up the door and you've got a beautiful pasture over here and you've got a big mud puddle over here with some corn cobs in the middle. He's going for the mud puddle, I'm telling you. So you can clean him up. But his nature is, he likes that. That's what he likes. Question six. Who was Hezekiah's sinful son 
who followed him as king of the southern kingdom. Manasseh, very good, Manasseh. 55 years he reigned. 55 years. Page three. Hezekiah is then son, and your blank there is Manasseh. Hezekiah's son Manasseh, the one he longed for, would reign longer than any other Judean king, but would be the worst king ever to disgrace the throne of David. The nation would never recover from Manasseh's disastrous rule. In the end, the Syrian threat would be replaced by the Babylonian threat. Here is Hezekiah, out of the depths have I cried unto thee, O Lord. What would you do? You're the king. You've got people who are counting on you to make wise decisions. You've got this huge army of 185,000 soldiers around your city. You've got the strongest king probably in all the, of the known world at that time, at least in that area. He's getting ready to knock on your door, and he's going to, if you don't give in... It's going to be terrible. Your people are going to be decimated. You're going to be killed. Probably pull your thumbs pulled off and all, your, all these different things before you even get killed. You get your head cut off. He's crying. Out of the depths have I cried. Sobbing. Spurgeon says regarding I have cried, there are many kinds and degrees of prayer in the world. From the coldest form to the most intense agony, everyone prays, he says, but very few cry. But of those who do cry to God, he says, the majority would say, I owe it to the depths. I learned it, it there. I learned it there. Do you know what? Is any semblance resonating in your heart and mind when, when in the difficult times we get really in earnest? He says, I often prayed before, but never till I was carried down very deep did I cry, says Spurgeon. Out of the depths have I cried unto thee, O Lord. It is well worthwhile to go down into any depth to be taught to cry. Now that is not something I'm looking forward to. Well worthwhile to go down to any depth to be taught to cry out to God. And, and that's, and we, so if there's anything that I want to skirt around, it's that. We don't want that. You know, if there's a big, Mr. Dickens is driving down the road and there's a big board in the road with nails up on top. He's going to get a skirt around that no matter what. I mean, that's, he doesn't, that's me when I think about wanting, I don't want to go through suffering. I'm going to skirt around that no matter what. Because I don't want to go through that. But that is how we row. If in the midday, if you're taken, I like this little illustration and we'll close. In the midday, if you're taken from the bright sunny scenes of light and go down into the bottom of a pit, you see the stars which are invisible to you in the upper air. And how many could say that things they knew not in life's noon, they have found in life's midnight and that they owe their glimpses of glory and their best avenues of thought and the importance of prayer and the victories of faith, they owe that to seasons when they walked in a very dark place. It was the guy who wrote, mm, uh, there is a fountain filled with blood, William Cooper, C-O-W-P-E-R. And he had written that song, and he had gotten out of shape with God for like a year or so, and he's on a train. And, and he was, and this woman was, and the person was saying, this, this song really spoken to me. And she was, and it was the very song that he had written, but he had sort of neglected that of his life and he got back right with God when he heard the words of his own song. Out of the depths, songs come. And out of the depths, I think God wants us to turn to him 
It's a shame. People of the people so often in our country turn to every other thing. I was just just today. I was reading the. Uh, uh, I work with a guy that works for the Warriors Path. He's the CEO of Warriors Path, and there's a new. There is a new. I think I'm not hope I'm not telling things out of turn, but there's a new Icelandic drug comprehensive drug prevention program that's coming to Carter County and two other three other counties in Lexington, maybe in one other county. That going to try to keep the, our area so inundated with. The drugs, as you well know, they're going to be trying to fight it through this different way. And so he, he wants to see that taken care of. And I said, I said, I said, so-and-so said, this could be your life project. This is a, life pro- a project of a lifetime. He goes, this might be my one legacy that I will leave is trying to get this started to where we can help our children. And out of the depths of his desire to help people has come this. And out of the depths of our sorrow, we are to call out to God. And he's the answer. And uh, I know you know that, but we need to pray for our, 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 our children, our young people, our nation. It starts with us. It starts with us. May we be people of prayer, and may we learn to cry out to him. Let's pray. Lord, just one verse tonight. I understand that, but Lord, the truth is so powerful from a... I believe from Hezekiah's pen, he had suffered through so much and was facing such a dismal prospect of a future between Sennacherib and, and sickness unto death. And Lord, out of that depth, he cried unto you. Out of the depths did Horatio Spafford write, it is well with my soul when peace like a river attendeth my way. And Lord, help us to be that. May we learn to face and uh, to put our faces toward you in all the times, whether they be good or bad. Help us to grow by the things you allow to come into our lives. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.